Welcome to the Basically Famous Podcast, where we're taking our notoriety to the mic and no topic is off limits. I'm your host, Wendy. And I'm your host, Spencer. Each week, we'll talk about life's bullshit, our hot takes, and make one of you basically famous too. Oh, me. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I said, ready to open this bad boy? And I said, yeah. And then it was quiet. But really, (laughs) welcome in. Welcome to the studio. Welcome to Basically Famous, where we're going to be diving into some, am I the ass? Are y'all the assholes? Yeah. Let us be the judge. It's a full spotlight episode. It sure is. And we love these because we liked feeling like we're not being judged. We want to judge a little bit of y'all. We like to judge others, but not be judged. (laughs) No, honestly, the... No, we're always being judged, so. We're always being judged. But the episodes we get the most feedback on. Are these. Are these. Like, I think there's a relatability to these. And Mm -hmm. everybody likes to give their opinion. You know, opinions are like assholes. We all all have have them. them. And they all stink. Do they? I'm not sure. I don't walk around smelling people's buttholes (laughs) or their opinions, so. (laughs) Uh, uh, You smell like eggs. We know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Yeah. I was going to, yeah, yeah. I was going to deny it, but there ain't no denying that. It's okay. Um, we are, well, we're just like pounding this one out because we've been working all day and we finished up, we just finished up last week. Well, not, it's not even last week. It's the week, What's current week. Yeah, It'll be Friday. last week's by the time you hear this. And that's right. Yeah. And then we're going to just all one, screwed up. So we are, well, duh, but <sighs> anyways, let's just jump right into this, shall we? Yeah. All right. The first one, and by the way, you guys, okay, so if you need to vent, if you need some advice, we might not take our own advice, but we we definitely don't. We are pretty good at giving it. Um, Or if you just need to find out if you're the asshole in a situation, you can text or even better call because we love hearing your voices. The hotline 919-867-6776. And they're always anonymous. So don't worry. Your secrets are safe with Correct. us. Correct. And we can, if you, we can either, well, we won't call you back. Let's be honest. But we will text you back if we have um, follow-up questions. So, but you know what? That is handy. Someone did suggest that we call people back. And if you don't mind being called one day, we might just randomly call someone. So let us know. Yeah. I kind of want to do that one day. In the state of North Carolina, we have to disclose that you're being recorded. So Which you know. would. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if someone <laughs> sends a really juicy one and it's cool to call you, like, we want to call you. That would be fun, would it not? Yeah. You should put at the end of your voicemail, you can call me back. <laughs> um, okay. Hi, ladies. Love listening to the pod. Am I the asshole if I made the decision to never be around my mother-in-law? I mean, Satan ever again. Oh, this woman is the typical Midwest, sweet, baking, welcoming grandma to anyone who doesn't go against what she wants. Hey, sounds like um, my stepmother-in-law. The second this woman is told no, she turns into the devil himself. I tried for the first three years, but a few months after our son was born, I said, I'm done. For instance, my son had some health issues when he was born and we were at my bonus daughter's soccer game. Our pediatrician told us we had to feed him a certain way to help him not have reflux. My mother-in-law asked when I was almost done feeding him to hold him and I said, absolutely, just let me finish this last ounce and he's all yours. She didn't like that answer and yelled, so what, now I can't even hold my grandson? I could write a Harry Potter-length series on the awful things she has done to not only me, but also my husband. 
He went through a terrible custody battle for my bonus daughter with an ex who was a drug addict, and his mom chose to stay in contact just to stir the pot. Bonus daughter's mom needed to have supervised visits and even at times was not allowed to see her, but my mother-in-law would take her for the day and sneakily meet up in the park, oh no, and tell my bonus daughter to lie to us. It has been seven years since I have been around my mother-in-law. Oh, wow. It definitely is a point of contention between my husband and I, but we decided to stay together. Uh, oh, no, sorry. It is a point of contention between my husband and I, but we decided years ago it was the only way for us to stay together um, was for me to never have to be around that evil woman again. He takes the kids over on occasions for holidays and birthdays. I feel extremely guilty that this isn't the, quote, picture I had in my head of what married life would be. We have spoken once in seven years because her and my husband were arguing on the phone and I chimed in because she blatantly denies everything. It's like we're living in the twilight zone, listening to her deny and gaslight us. I thought about sitting down and talking with her a few years ago, but when after the phone call, I decided it wouldn't help anything because she said many situations we were on never happened or we were in. I feel peace with my decision and my mental health and relationship have been so much better since getting the boundary, but I can't help but feel guilty sometimes. Mm, that's tough. I don't think you're the asshole, especially if it's better for your marriage that you aren't. But that would be really hard. Like, I don't know. I would I would probably want to sit down with my mother-in-law and kind of just be like, listen, I'm not trying to keep your grandkids from you. I want to make this work for your son's sake, my husband's sake. But the only way we're going to be able to do this is for us to get on the same page to some capacity. Yeah. Nothing is directed to you deliberately. And maybe if you have like examples that you can say, you know, in this situation, you know, you took it as this, this is not how I meant it. And it just kind of bubble up or bubbled up. This is not what I mean, but listen, we got to work together. We got to be able to do this. Cause that would be really hard for a family to not. Well, it's very similar to the situation that we have with mm-hmm. Robbie's stepmom which, I mean, we aren't, don't even really have to call his dad's wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got married. Robbie was a grown-ass man. Um, but she, we had, same thing, nicest woman ever. Had a great relationship with her mm-hmm. until we didn't. And I will be honest, it's not, you can't reason yeah. or rationalize your choices with someone who is that narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just diagnosing you know, without understanding the capacity of the word. I mean, mm-hmm. if you are the type of person, which I, I have no shame if she hears this. I mean, if that Robbie well, she ain't listening to our podcast, somebody will send it to her. We got some nosy ass people around, oh. but I don't care. I mean, yeah. it's true. If you're somebody like her or somebody like this woman's mother-in-law, they're they're You're making, looking for reasons. They're turning everything around to be how it's impacting them because they are narcissistic. That's true. She's if she's gaslighting you and she's making it all about her, there mm-hmm. isn't going to be any reasoning with her. No, so that's true. I think you just have to look. Should you feel guilty for it? No, I think if your husband is okay and understands that it improves the dynamics of your relationship because you're not upset, she's still getting to see your grandkids. She's just not getting to see you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess if it works for your family, right, then that's fine. Um, if it's important to your husband that you try and make it work and, yeah. you, ref- and you refuse to do it, that's then, different, I, then yeah. I think that's different. That's but true. if your husband is okay and understands that like this is better for mm-hmm. you and he can still see his mom and his mom can still see his kids, okay. Yeah. Then that's between him and his mom, you know? So I don't think it makes you the asshole. 
No, I don't think so. And yeah, like you said, if it works for them, it works for them. All right, next one. Hi, guys. Single mom here at event. My boyfriend went to rehab in June. I watched his kids plus my own. I got into an accident and now have the most difficult time making my rent. Ho, oh, well, she, she wrote hoeing, but I'm assuming she meant hoping. <laughs> hoping I can get it paid tomorrow. Also have to pay for my car. Not sure why life is so hard right now. Feeling helpless and trying to keep pushing through. Girl, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. Yeah, that sucks. That I feel like any financial burden and especially with kids involved and you want to make sure that kids are taken care of and he's obviously not being a very good partner and you're helping him out. Hopefully, or, this can be a yeah. growing thing for you guys together and maybe he can turn some things around and help out, like pitch in a little bit. How long is he in jail for? He's not in jail. He's in rehab. Oh, Lord Jesus. But so, I didn't send the man to jail. No, but like he's, you know, he's obviously trying to get back on the right path and do things so he can be a better partner. And yeah, just sorry, sucks. my bad. I'm like in jail. I'm like he's in jail. No, no but yeah, that is good that he's trying to get help, obviously, but things will get better. Ooh. They will get you. You have to take it one day at a time. Focus on what you can control because there's so many things in life you can't control. Amen on that. And. Don't be shy about um, asking for help. Yeah. Because I am not, I, I don't like to ask for help. No, I'm really I think, bad about that. I think most people, especially women, we have a lot of pride and we want to take care of everything. And we're like the providers on so many things, especially when, again, when kid, you know, when your family's involved. Um, and yeah, we don't want to ask for help. But if you have to ask for help, girlfriend, you got to ask for help. Yeah. Well, we will, I'm going to keep you in my prayers. I'm going to pray for you. And I hope your boyfriend can get clean and stay on that path too, because that will yeah. obviously benefit the relationship and yep. the children's lives. And then he'll be able to help too. And then you won't have the stress, hopefully. 100%. There are two types of people that text into the hotline. Mm-hmm. People like the first one who write a novella. Mm-hmm. And then people like this one who just sent 82 separate texts. Those are how <laughs> I am. That's me. I'm a 76 texter. All right. So this one says... So my dad and I have very conflicting opinions about things. He often will make comments about my opinion and it can feel very degrading. These opinions can be as simple as liking music to more political topics. Like I said, it can feel very degrading. Am I the asshole because I don't let this just roll off my back? Because when I stop talking and smiling after he says these things, I'm labeled as being in a, quote, bad mood, which upsets him even more. My sister tells me to just pretend like I'm content to not further the conflict, but I struggle with this because I feel it lets him know it's okay to make rude and hurtful comments about my likes and interests. I get that everyone likes different things, but I feel like he uses these as ways to express dislike in my personality. I'm 22 and no longer live at home, but I like visiting home to see my sister and my mom. Currently on a family vacation where I'm struggling to keep a blank face when I experience the cut downs. I guess what I'm asking is, am I the asshole for letting his comments put me in a bad mood instead of pretending I'm fine so that he doesn't have a reason to become upset? Hope this makes sense. LOL. Thanks for reading my family drama. Hmm. I feel like if the comments are just unnecessary, which it sounds like they are, and it's just for the mere fact of literally cutting you down, I would say something. I'd be like, why do you, I would, I would turn it back on him and say, why do you do that? Yeah. Oh, what? 
Why, when I say X, Y, Z, do you come back with this? Like, are you trying to cut me down? Are you trying to make me insecure? Are you trying to hurt my feelings? Are you trying, whatever the yeah. action is that he's trying to get out of it. And I would make him have to tell me, like, look me in the face and tell me what you're trying to do. You might be his child, but you are also a grown woman and an adult mm-hmm. in your own right. You're 22. You're not a kid. You're not living under his roof. He has to respect you as an individual and as a person. And I think if you approach it with respect mm-hmm. also yeah, to him, mature. human to human person to person I don't like when you speak to me this way it, you and I don't have to like the same things mm-hmm. we know we are different people but it hurts me when you speak to me this way mm-hmm. and then he has a choice right if you lay it out for him and say I feel this way when you you know yeah. when you do this or this makes me feel you know this way mm-hmm. he's either going to make the change and acknowledge how you're feeling and like show that he's going to prioritize your feelings in your relationship or he's not. And then you have a choice to distance yourself, you right. know, and just maintain a relationship with your sister and your mom. I am a big advocate for just because you are blood does not mean you, you, you need to retain a relationship. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I think it's hard with like your parents because your parents typically want what's best for you and they have your best interest. Totally. And like I said, I would ask why, like, why do you do that? I would want to know yeah. what his motivation behind it is. If it's every single thing that I'm saying, basically that you're disagreeing with political stuff. Fine. I can understand that y'all might have differing opinions or a bad choice on something specific. But if it's like just random, like little things here, I'd, I'd like, why do you do that? Like, what's the point? What are you trying to get out of this by doing this to me? I am your daughter. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. I want to know why you're doing it. And I think you have to also be mindful of like how you are engaging back too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she might be doing things without realizing it that are like setting him off mm-hmm. and perpetuating the issue. Yeah. So, I mean, and maybe not, but yeah. I would just have a moment of um, self-reflection. Yeah. But and then, like you said, just talk to him. That's all you can do, right? Be honest about how you're feeling and just say, you know, I, I don't like the tension. Mm-hmm. This is this is how it's feeling. I'd like to find a solution and remedy this so that we yeah. don't have this And anymore. that does not make you an asshole by oh. wanting to rectify the situation. That makes you mature. Agreed. All right. Oh, this one's real brief. My sister is dating my old fuck buddy. Am I in the wrong for being unsupportive? LOL. <laughs> um, she's dating your old fuck buddy. Well, did she know that it was your old fuck buddy? And like, is that all it was? I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. Because if it was truly just like nothing, like friends with benefits, and if she knew it, okay, fine. And it was a long time, maybe. But like, if it was not a long time and, and she didn't know, like, who cares? Yeah, and like, when you know if there's mm-hmm. like yeah that's a, actually yeah. a great point because I was thinking I it would kind of bother me but if you haven't slept with this person in like five years or something crazy mm-hmm. like okay who cares well I think too it's one of those things you have to reflect to and say why do I care like did you have feelings for this person yeah why were you only like hooking up was it because you wanted more and he wouldn't give more or was it because you genuinely thought like this is easy you know, whatever, or like maybe she didn't realize, maybe she maybe wanted more and he didn't want more. And I was just like, gonna say, maybe it's, or you didn't realize yeah. like, cause girls, we get possessive over weird yeah. shit. Yeah. So I could see myself like really, truly not like in the moment having feelings for somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, well, actually it did happen to me once with a friend. I was oh. hooking up with this guy and that's literally all I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
we were friends, not super close friends, close enough where she started like actually dating him. Mm -hmm. And I was pissed. I was like, how dare he take her out and be nice to her and actually like court her. I I didn't want that with him. No. But you didn't want her to have that with him either. Correct. Yeah, I don't know. He was girls my get more, Yeah, girls get more <laughs> emotionally attached too. And it's so stupid because it's like, if you don't want the person, but you don't want anyone else to have them, girl, that ain't how that works. I but. think for me, it's a competitive thing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was a game. I it's think game. probably for most girls, it's like that. Yeah, for sure. We're twisted. No. What is wrong with us? Holy moly. All right. This one. She's a longy. She's a, she long. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Am I the asshole? One of my best friends who I've been friends with for 20 plus years has always been kind of selfish. To preface this, I'm the godmother of her daughter who I do a lot for from party planning to school pickups and drop offs on a near regular basis. I was always there for her. uh, Oh, I was always there for her Nana. Wow. For her. her Okay. We're going back. I was always there for her while her Nana was nearing the end of her life, daily hospital visits, family support, etc. When her father-in-law passed, I brought trays of food and cleaned her mother-in-law's kitchen and my BFF was mad. I only called the next day to check on them and not just show up to the house. The am I the asshole part? She's a nurse. My mom from December through April this year had four broken vertebrae. Vertebrae, <laughs> if you know, you know, in her back and then got COVID pushing back her surgery. My mom, who she's known for 20 years, was on a deep decline, completely delusional and dehydrated. On a Saturday, on a Saturday, I brought my mom to the ER and she was near death from her first COVID infection. My mom is 70 and has a slew of health problems aside from the broken back. I was texting my BFF while I was at the ER in a panic. She was just hanging out at home and mid conversation. My last text to her being that they found nodules in my mom's lungs. She stopped replying. I obviously had more to worry about at the time than who was texting back, but I didn't hear from her until four days later. Mind you, the Saturday prior, I didn't reply to her text for one hour before she started calling my mom to see what I was doing, at which point my mom was already seriously sick. When I asked her if she was okay or if something happened, she said, no, everything is fine. I didn't reply. Later that day, her mom texted me. They live across the street from each other, and I am very close with her mom, saying, I need my hair done this week. I wasn't working. My mom was in the hospital and I had no idea what was happening. I didn't reply to the message about the hair appointment and I thought it was odd she didn't ask if my mom or I was okay. I was so hurt I blocked my BFF. A couple weeks later after everything settled and my mom was okay, my BFF and I had a conversation about what I thought was fucking rude and her response was, you should have said, Sammy, I need you. What the fuck? We were mid-conversation about my mom possibly having lung cancer on top of all this other shit, and then she just brushed it off like we were talking about a fucking meme and the conversation naturally died. And then I say to, I say, I should, what? Okay. And then to say, I should need you, I don't need anyone, but a friend's support would have been nice, especially when she went out that night and was off for work for a four-day weekend. There were other shitty things she has done leading up to this and felt I was overreacting by not talking to her. Our entire conversation after the fact was her defending her behavior and not once saying, I'm sorry I wasn't a good friend in that moment. These people are like my family, so to have radio silence from the 
from the time my mom went into the ER on Saturday until she texted Wednesday was weird when she had no problem calling my mom the week before knowing how sick she was becoming because I didn't reply to her text after an hour to talk about her night out from the night before. That's a lot. That was a lot. Okay. And very hurtful things. Like, yeah. Very selfish behavior, I think, on the best friend. The girl that was like, Sammy, I guess, was the other girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes you shouldn't have to tell your friend you need them. Like, it's very obvious. If if somebody's there for you, not okay, not even that. If you were going through something, I would want to try to make your life easier no matter what that was, whether it was offering to bring you food or like, do you need anything? Do you want to talk? Do you want to call? Like I would check in at least with you. And especially knowing that she had done that for her in her previous, uh, heartache and situations. Like why would, why would somebody need to be like, Hey, I need you, Sammy. I need you here. Duh. Yeah. That's, that's kind of obvious. I would think. Right. I mean, I think so. And so obviously not a medical professional. So I'm thinking, okay, my friend is a nurse. She's going to be particularly Mm -hmm. interested in what's happening with my mom to play devil's advocate. Maybe as a nurse, you know, people that work in the medical field, maybe they do compartmentalize a little bit. And I think they see so much bad all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what's really bad for us Mm -hmm. in their head isn't really that bad. But But you have to offer that to somebody. Right. Like, you know what? It might not be that bad. I've seen X, Y, and Z. It's going to be okay. Exactly. You (laughs) would expect your friend to still have the emotional intelligence to Mm -hmm. understand that you are still going to need support because to you, it is really bad. Yeah. That's your bedside manner as a nurse. Like you would want to offer that in peace of mind. I would think with, even if you didn't know it was going to completely be okay, still, you'd be like, you know what? I've seen this happen and people pull through. It's going to be okay. Your mom is going to be okay. I'm thinking about her. I hope y'all are good. Like just to not talk to somebody and be like, If you and I, even if neither one of us have anything bad going on, if you don't hear from me Mm -hmm. within 24 hours, Wendy is texting me like, hey, are you okay? Right. Just checking in. Are Mm -hmm. you alive? Ha ha. Yeah. Like that is what a friend does. Right. right? Like, yeah, you never know. You never know. And like you and then to hear that she does know that something's going on with your major with your mom, something like pretty major. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not a good friendship, though. That seems very one-sided. And if you're willing to go the the distance for her in the friendship and she's not willing to do that back, that's not good. Because when things do get bad, like really, really bad, who's, what's she going to do? And Ghost I, you? <laughs> right. And I'm going to be willing to bet you've been friends for 20 plus years. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet that once you get some distance between you and this friend, you're going to start being able to be really reflective. Yeah, it's going to be very clear. And you're going to, yeah. yeah, I think you're going to start realizing that there's a history of this kind of one-sided yep. nature to the friendship. And you're going to see that. Yeah, like, once you're out of the relationship, any relationship for that yeah. matter, you start to kind of see stuff and you're like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. And not that you're holding grudges and keeping tabs, but you'll start to kind of like reflect, like you said, on the friendship yeah. and start to see things like, man, I could have really used somebody at this point Uh or that's kind of weird. She didn't do that. You know, whatever. You kind of start to notice that when you're removed or get closer to to another friend, to new friends. That's right. Right. And you're going to realize like all the, the different dynamics of this new friendship. And you're like, 
wow, like this really was missing from my old friendship. Yeah. And I, you can't see it sometimes when Mm-mm. you're in it. Yeah, that's so true. Man, that sucks. Because that's hard. I mean, when you've been friends with that with someone that long and you have such a history, you're so tied to them because it's such a part of your like normal life to have that person in your mm-hmm. life. But honestly, we've said it so many different podcast topics, but you outgrow people all the time. And whether or not you're completely aware of the outgrowing of them or if it yeah. just kind of hits you like what you're saying, it happens. And that's part of life. And sometimes you have to outgrow those people and those friendships because it's not, it isn't worth it. Life gets too stressful. The older we get, our time is precious and you ain't got time for it. You need good friends in your life. Yeah. I am a firm believer of it. And I, I always go back and this sounds so cliche, but there's like that saying like some people are in your life for a reason, a season or a oh, lifetime. Yeah. And sometimes that season is a really long season Mm -hmm. and like, that's okay. Yep. It's okay for people to not stay in your life forever. Good or bad. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes we don't have anything that happens. We just outgrow people. That's right. Yeah. Um, But that really sucks. And I'm sorry you're dealing with that because there's nothing worse than like losing a friendship. I mean, it's like a death. It really is. Okay, I was telling Spencer earlier today that my Blissy pillowcase that I have, that we've talked about a couple times, mm-hmm. I have washed it a few times now, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this, it washes amazing. They have figured I'm this out. i and haven't washed mine. Oh, well, that's okay. You need to wash yours, <laughs> but... Y'all, well, I actually had so much drool on mine. They are not drool resistant. Goodbye. (laughs) Your girl's a hard sleeper. Okay, but that's also why I need a pillowcase that's not going to rough my hair and my face all up. Honest to God. But it washes. The first time that I did it, I was like, dang, this feels really nice. Because I didn't wash it before I put it on my pillowcase. Well, then the second time I was like, uh, this thing feels truly like heavy. Like they they have gotten that mold in it. The mulberry uh, silk. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, that's it. Yep. That, I, I'm sleeping like a queen. <laughs> the best thing about it, though, like I'm so temperature sensitive mm-hmm. at night. I mean, if I'm like one degree too warm. You're sweating. I'm I'm not actually going to sweat. Okay. But I will toss and turn. It will oh, keep me up. Yeah. I, I cannot, Terrible sleep. Yes. I cannot be hot. Um, And so for summer, hello, it's perfect. And I even will sometimes put it in the like freezer fridge. That was an old trick from when I was a kid. Make it like extra cold. Um, But yeah, it's 100% mulberry silk, which is honestly the best way to sleep. It's um, the temperature regulating, has naturally insulating properties. So if you do sweat or you overheat like me when you sleep, Belissi is for you. It stays cool throughout the night so that you're not constantly waking up sweating around your neck or flipping the pillow or having to put it in the freezer to get the cool side. (laughs) On top of that, it's also so good for your hair because it reduces frizz, tangles, and prevents hair breakage. Y'all, that's after my own heart. Correct. It keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin because silk does not absorb moisture off your face. So you can say goodbye to wrinkles, dry, flaky, red skin in the morning and wake up with And I gotta tell you, so you know I use that, that blue facial oil from Dime. Mm-hmm. I will show you my pillowcase when we get done recording. Mm-hmm. There is not one drop of that residue on my pillowcase. I, and I lather y'all. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. There's a lot of dupes out there. You see satin pillowcases a lot of times. And it's just, 
it's not a real alternative to silk um, because it's synthetic fibers like polyester, while silk is a luxurious all-natural fiber. And so because it's synthetic, it traps heat and moisture. So if you run warm, it pulls the sweat and heat around your face while you sleep. Silk is more breathable, moisture wicking and gentle, and it's also more durable and long lasting. So think of it as an investment in getting better sleep, right? We're all grown-ups. We want good mattresses, yes. good sheets, good We're tired. We need good sleep. Correct. Um, so they're washable pillowcases, which is great. Naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. So good if you have allergies. And unlike other silk pillowcases, these are of the highest quality mulberry silk and machine washable, durable, and they even have a zipper to hold your pillow in place because ain't nothing more irritating than when that pillow slides out the end. <laughs> it's also the perfect gift when you are looking for a gift for any occasion, something that somebody might not necessarily want to buy for themselves. This is great. It's beneficial. It's luxurious. And who doesn't love a gift that they didn't even know they needed? Well, if you want to give me a gift, I got a pink one and I really want, I noticed on the website, there's so many other colors. If you want to get me one for like Christmas or something, I'll take a navy, a blue or a white one. Oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. You can use my is the code. blue like a, <laughs> <Our> <laughs> right. Is it uh, like a baby blue? There's a baby blue and there's a navy blue. Mm, love it. There's so many colors on the website. I'm going to buy um, the baby blue for Robbie. Baby blue. Yeah. Blissy silk pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors and they make great gifts because there's an option literally for everybody. Men love them too, y'all. They have over 1.5 million raving fans and you could be the next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com slash basically and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash basically and use code basically to get an additional 30% off. Sleep cooler this summer with Blissy. Next one. I was planning a trip to London to visit one of my best friends who moved a year ago and just had a baby. I was going to stop at a few other cities before making my way to her in London and a girl that I've been friends with, but not terribly close to, asked if she could come along since she had never been to Europe. We had hung out a couple of times and always got along, so I said, why not? It would split the costs for me anyways. She knew who my friend was, but they had never hung out together. And you should know my friend I was visiting is literally an angel and the nicest person you'll ever meet. So when I told her this other gal who she knew of wanted to come along, my friend in London said, of course. We went to Paris and Munich first during the first week. Well, this girl turned out to be so different than I had ever expected. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. A few things I learned about her. One, she's rude to waiters slash flight attendants slash Uber drivers. I felt so embarrassed. Two, she doesn't really wear much makeup or take time to put into her look, which is totally fine, except that she would try to shame me every morning as I got ready. Like, do whatever makes you feel good and leave me alone. Three, I would start talking to another tourist or person on a tour, airplane, restaurant, pub, etc. She would interject and try to belittle me in front of these random strangers. Four, if any guy showed me any attention, she would wedge herself in between us and try to do what I just said in point number three. But I like to think I'm pretty chill, so I just let it roll thinking it'll get better when we have a third person along when we're with my good friend. Well, I was wrong. The girl who tagged along made it a competition for who my friend loved more. Oh, my God. She did the same thing, trying to make me look stupid in front of my friend and her husband. At this point in the trip, we had to share a bed 
and room. She would hear me wake up and start to get up and would jump out of bed and run to their kitchen to start making them breakfast. And most of the time, my friend would come out with her baby, who I was just meeting for the first time. And this girl would try to get to the baby before I could. Again, she only somewhat knew my good friend. My good friend saw through it and we just shook our heads and let it go. She would always try to take the baby away from me. I'm telling you, it got so weird. Well, to am I the asshole? A few days before we got to London, she was telling me how she's so above social media and doesn't like to post, but she wants people to know she's doing things, so she likes to be tagged in pics. Also sounds familiar, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like, did she not even hear herself talking? So I would post and she wanted to tag herself like in my captions so people would know that she was traveling. The settings were so people could tag without my approval. So when I made my last post, I changed the settings so she'd have to request and just have been ignoring her. It's petty, but hey, she burned this bridge. Oh, man. I this love is that. a good one. That's a great one. I mean, not good for you. No, but good for us. <laughs> no, it's a good one. That is really wild. And yes, we know somebody like that. Um... That's very unfortunate because A, it's so immature to be like fighting for someone's attention friend-wise when you don't even know someone like that. Like, don't make it like that. Very single white female. So creepy. It really is. That's super weird. And that's also an insecurity, I think, on that other girl's behalf for whatever reason. It sounds like she's insecure about all these things. You don't project and make fun of someone for doing something you're not doing unless you're insecure. Uh You don't wear makeup? Cool. You probably don't know how to do makeup. You could use a little makeup. There's use a little contour cover that ugly personality she sounds like she could use some contour it's for sure but when you're doing that other people it's to make yourself feel better because she obviously doesn't feel good about herself and then interjecting in between all just all of the things that she did i would not have the patience i'd be like you know what you need no. to go get your little hotel yeah i'd be like you can go stay in a hostel thanks bitch right because you are hostile this is actually my friend's house and mm-hmm. you're no longer welcome here also, like, how weird that she's, like, trying to hold the baby. Like, you don't even know this person. So strange. So I had a friend that she was similar to this, although it was really weird when she would act like this. I think I might have told you a couple stories before, but, like, I remember one time a guy I was dating was at my house, and he was sitting on the edge of my couch, and I had, like, an Ikea sectional. Of course, it was cheap when I was living in Florida. And she's like, oh, don't sit on that. It's going to break. It's cheap like mine. Yes. Remember I told you? Yes. And she's like, oh, it's, it's cheap. It's not like mine. And I'm like, why would you say that? Like, that's just so weird. Or, like, she would try to, like, make jokes and, like, make me the butt of the joke and try to make people laugh. And it was usually awkward because she was a little bit... I don't want to say socially awkward, but she definitely like, she didn't deliver the punchline. She didn't. And it didn't work out in her favor most of the time. And so it was always kind of like, okay. Like she even did it when, like when Mike and I were dating, like she, when she, she came to visit and, um, she, yeah. And I was just like, um, it's it's not funny when you're trying to make someone, when you're trying to make fun of somebody all the time in front of other people. Cause she wasn't always like that. And she wasn't like that just me and her but I'm like what why are you doing that like what's the point of this yeah like, you want to be funny like it's, it's for not sure funny, like an insecurity think. thing but also so like from the friend's perspective like how awkward and creepy that this person is like so desperate to get close to and her, get and her your baby like and approval like, and like want to be making right. you run in to make you breakfast get, get get out of here so this was not long after I moved to New York um 
my roommate and I lived across the street from this bar. Uh-huh. We met this, and we went out every night. I mean, mm-hmm. every night. And we met this girl, long story. She was really weird, but I, I had just moved there. I didn't have many friends. My f- roommate didn't have many friends. Um, so it was like, sure. Yeah. You know, it's like the, you meet the girls in the bathroom like the fast at the friends. club, right? Yeah, you're yeah. like, you're pretty, I'm pretty, let's be friends. So all of a sudden, <laughs> it was like, she, we, she would text us every day to find out if we were going out. So then she would come out. Yeah. It was like she wanted to be our instant best friend. And like she bought me, I think at this point I had maybe known her for two weeks. Yeah. And she showed up at Robbie's bar Uh with a birthday gift for me and was like, first of all, like, I don't even know how she knew I was there, but she was so fucking excited to give me this gift. Right. So I'm sitting with my Robbie's dad. So my now father-in-law at the bar, I'm who I, really had only known um like short period of time two months at that point right. like Robbie <laughs> and I had impressive. I had just moved to New York Robbie and I yeah. had just started dating and like I don't know this man like that yeah so I'm sitting next to him at the bar and she's just elated she's telling everybody to watch me open this gift tell me how she got me lube what uh-huh what uh-huh lube it was like that uh, do you remember that it was like what it's not icy hot, but it was that like temperature lube that like came. <laughs> she was so excited to give you. So excited. And I was like, thanks. And I mean, she, it was like, you thought she was giving me like a Tiffany's necklace. She That's was so, bizarre. so excited. Right. And she wanted me to open it in front of people like, which like, did she not think that was going to be embarrassing? It was so. And also, that's such a weird, like, why? Like, like we don't what? know each other like that. It was so, so strange. But that was how she was. And then we started finding out that, like, all our regular bars that we would go mm-hmm. to, she was starting to just show up and ask, like, when we were there. Like, it was so stalkerish so and single people... white female. We just stopped answering her calls. Right. And we stopped going to those bars. I was like, we need to go other places for a while because, I like, I can't do this. No, but people that want to be friends like that really quick and don't have track records. Scary. Scary. And and typically, yeah. like I know somebody like that. And uh, when people do that and they want to become fast friends, it's like they're filling a void of not having anybody like that. I'm a firm believer. Oh, yeah. That people that latch on to people like that want to, it's like love bombing, but friends and they want to like captivate you and, and build this friendship and hurry up and make some memories so you can like have that like, oh, remember when we did this? Remember when, well, yeah, you've been around for 28 hours out of the 24 hour day, every single day. <laughs> I hope day. I remember it. Right. So yeah, but it's like they want to try to make you like all these memories in like a short little week yes. so they can like reference it and make them feel good about it. Be and, in like with inside jokes and stuff. It's yeah. Like, uh... And it's like, cause they don't have anybody else, which is a red flag. That means you are pouring all your time and energy into this friendship and it probably isn't going to Last. speaking from experience uh-huh like the person that i'm thinking of that would take the inside joke of how to pronounce certain words mm-hmm. and insist that we all pronounce them that way right you know what i'm talking yes, about yes i know what you're talking about <gasps> oh girl yeah you need to run far run fast from that friend yeah that's not blocked I would literally untag her from everything and block her. Yeah. And also the tagging of the, fr- that is again, bizarre. So have weird. your own, have your own social media. Listen, I just told you like two months ago, I know somebody that, and I don't know that she's doing it deliberately. I'm not sure. But like, just because you don't have social media and you don't post things on Facebook or in, whatever it is, cool. 
don't that I don't care I don't care either way or how much someone uses it just because you don't feel the need to post all the time or what however you want to say that and and say it to somebody else to like make them feel bad or make them think hmm are they talking about me nobody cares don't do that like that I hate that and also it's so juvenile it really is what like who cares if it's not you and you're not having to do it then don't a don't watch my stuff b don't worry about what I'm doing if it doesn't affect you. I'm not taking any time out of what I need to be doing to be mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing over here. So you can do whatever you want. You can lurk from your little burner account. Because how do you know what I'm doing if you ain't got no social media? Oh, touche. Bam. <laughs> Private investigator, Wendy, over here. All right. This person is looking for advice. Put your advice cap on, Wendy. Okay. She says, I am really struggling right now. My husband of seven years, been together a decade since we were 15 and 17, basically in a whirlwind of poor mental health, drugs, and alcohol, cheated on me while I was out of town with a friend of his. This was the first and only time, and he does know that he made a mistake. We both had a really good spiritual connection afterwards, and I've chosen to forgive and follow God's plan for me. But I am struggling with my human nature to want to absolutely murder her, and he still follows her on Instagram. I haven't brought it up, but what should I do? I unfollowed him and her on Instagram, laughy face. I'll be damned if anyone finds out, and then they go to our pages and see they're following each other, and I'm following too. That is really hard, and I I bet we probably have a differing, I don't know, I feel like it's different for everybody. We've we've talked about this recently on a show on one of the podcasts. I feel like when someone cheats, depending on the person that was cheated on, so meaning if your spouse does it to you, depending on you as a person, if you're not going to bring that up and you're not going to hold a grudge and you know you and you're not going to be insecure and it's not going to drive other things and you're, it's not going to make you feel worse and it's, you can truly pick up the pieces and forget about it you can probably have a successful relationship. Mm-hmm. I ain't that person. I could never do that. I think it would like eat my brain alive if I know, because I'd always be questioning like where somebody was at, what they were doing. Are they really here? Were they yeah. say, I would not want to live my life like that. Vice versa. Like, I think it's too hard once you have that damage there. But if you can do it and you're the type of person that genuinely has prayed about it and you feel like y'all can trust the other one and it's so solidified, then... If you can, that being said, I'm going to be petty because I'm not that grown and you better unfollow this chick because (laughs) you have to cut off. If you are going to move forward, you got to cut off everything. You cannot have any relationship bleed over. Like that person cannot be in your life at all. They have to be removed, I think, entirely because who knows what temptation would be there um, lingering or or not. But no, we'd have to. Yeah. No, I'm actually on the same page as you. Okay. Here's, I think... And this is like, people are going to be shocked. Like, what? It was so traditional. I think if you make the choice, if you share vows and you marry somebody, Mm -hmm. you do owe it to the partner that you said those vows to, to exhaust every opportunity to salvage your relationship. For sure. I, some people might be surprised by that, you know, not a little traditional Spencer. (laughs) I really do. I really do feel that way. Yeah. However, I think that. If you choose to stay together and work through it, mm-hmm. you can, I agree with you hundred percent. You can only do it if you commit to moving forward and not bringing it back up, right. not using it as a weapon against your partner. Like you, if you, that everyone has a choice, you mm-hmm. have a choice 
to move forward with your partner and work through your trust, mm-hmm. but you cannot weaponize what they've done. That is my my take on that. I think it takes a very specific set mm-hmm. of circumstances and a very specific personality type to be able for to do sure. that. Because I think it's also for yourself. I think it's, you made a great point. You cannot use that against that person, but you also can't let it affect you. You can't let it affect mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself. And I think that's the biggest part. Yeah. Whether you were the cheated on or the cheater, if it affects you as a person, I think that is what's so hard to sometimes to get past because again, it's not fair for you to say, okay, I'm going to move on and you never bring it up to him. Or let's say you do bring it up all the time. You can't do that, but you also shouldn't be the one sitting there and be like, all right, well now I'm insecure about myself. And then you're also going to project, you're going to need more reassurance from that person. And then right. they're going to be in a hole. It's, it just, but they have just to, so right. Much. They have to understand that like you're going to need other things from to them reassure to them that's right, right to rebuild their trust and in turn you are not going to weaponize mm-hmm. what they did against them and you know use it every time you're upset about something or right. whatever um it's actually interesting that this person said that so i have a friend who is mm-hmm. going through a very oh. similar situation mm-hmm. she's getting divorced her spouse cheated on her she was thinking about working past it. I mean, that was something that she was yeah. thinking about. He would not unfollow this girl on Instagram. Would not. Un- she was like, uh, this is all you have to. She was like, this isn't up for debate. And he wouldn't do it. And that says everything I would need to know. Yep. I'd say, you know what? Cool. Yep. You, that is what you're doing for your marriage. Does, <laughs> right. She's like, it what? doesn't matter if you're following her because you actually have feelings for her or if you're doing it just because you're trying to be difficult with me. I don't care. This is what was his reasoning. Debate. What did he say? The reason was, did he I give her know. one? I don't know if he ever did. I think knowing, knowing him, mm-hmm. um, and knowing her, like the relationship, I think it was probably a pissing contest. Wow. And it was like, but it's like, you don't have a leg to stand no, on. No, you do not. You do everything that your spouse needs to feel confident and comfortable in your relationship and yep. not insecure. And yep. if you're not willing to do that, if somebody wasn't willing to do that, I'd be like, you know what? I don't even want to be with you. If I'm going to have to worry about that piece of it. And that is such a small thing after yeah. what you've done. Uh-uh. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think if you have chosen to stay, you know, in your mm-hmm. marriage and move forward it sounds like that is kind of where you're at, but you are still allowed to set boundaries yeah. and have expectations. And I think the least he could do is one, get clean. Yeah. And two, unfollow this girl on Facebook and remove her from her life. And I mm-hmm. don't think that's too much to ask for. It's definitely <laughs> not. And I would want to, at, at, that's to like know, a minimum. Well, I was going to say, I would think proactively someone would do that. Like I would probably want to remove everything to make me have a fresh start. So I can't imagine that I would have to have a conversation with somebody, which that would probably bother me that I'm even having to have this conversation with you to do this, but whatever that being said, because I feel like we were kind of negative about it. If you can pick up the pieces and you can move forward, that is great. Like it really is. I don't think we were negative. I just think like, I think it's very, very difficult for most people. It certainly takes a lot of effort. A lot right. Of it effort. certainly would be for me. I don't think that I could do it. Yeah. I don't know that I couldn't. I don't think anybody can say really unless they've been in that situation. Right. right? But I have been the cheater in a mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. And I didn't have to be prompted to do the thing by the my right partner yeah. right, to do the right things to like make it better. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't wrap my head around that part of it. No. Like, you, Nobody should have to tell you. Like you are the one that fucked up. 
if you, you actually right. give a shit, yeah. right? Why aren't you just taking the initiative and doing whatever you can to bring comfort to your partner yeah. who is making a sacrifice to let this move past let it. this yeah. pain go and right. move past it? That's so true. Yeah, you should not have to have that conversation. I think it should be if you are not in therapy already, you should be. I'm just saying. Yeah, personal and couple. That yeah. is true. Yeah, that's so hard though, but. Kudos to y'all for working it out, girlfriend. And I hope it does work out because that's tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next one. We'll do one more. Sure. Okay. That'll save us. A, that'll save us a few for next week's episode. Man, we got a lot of good ones. <laughs> Lots of good ones. Okay. She goes, okay, so this is kind of a long story. Uh, my brother and I got into an argument over pretty much nothing and he started coming at me being super mean. So as siblings, so as siblings do, we went at it, but then he called me a bad mom several times. And that's one thing Oof. I think is absolutely off limits. Like call me a bitch all you want, but don't bring my kids or me as a parent into it. Also, this is coming from my brother, who is currently 26, who got his 16-year-old girlfriend pregnant when he was 17 and claimed it was a, quote, accident, even though he told everyone he didn't like condoms, so he never wore them. Uh. Then, after the first one was born, he accidentally got her pregnant again two months later. He has been from job to job ever since. They broke up and got back together several times, got engaged. Then she cheated and they're currently broken up and haven't been together for a while. They let the boys do and say whatever they want. They curse, hit, call us all names and don't listen at all. Yet I've never said to him that he was a bad dad or anything along those lines. I've been with my husband for over 10 years and we have one child who is really well behaved and so kind After having him, I went through some bad health issues where I could barely get out of bed or eat. So I needed help for a few weeks until the doctors figured out what I needed to get better. So he uses that saying I didn't take care of him when he was born that our sister did when I in fact did as much as I could possibly do when I was so sick. I think he completely crossed a line. So I stopped speaking to him, but my mom thinks I need to get over it and talk to him again because he's my brother. What do you guys think? Mm. I'm going to go back to what I said before, which is just because someone is blood does not mean that you need to maintain a relationship with that person. Yeah. And I think too, it cuts probably, I'm trying to think of like, what would be the worst some, the thing that someone could say to me as far as like being a mom. And I really believe the thing that cuts the deepest is someone telling you're a bad mom, because as a mom, you already have mom guilt thinking you're not making the right decisions or you have all this pressure of making the right decision and if someone tells you your brother tells you you're being a bad mom and you really if you were sick and you were unable to do you already feel guilty for that you probably she probably already felt like a shit mom in those times or looking back so for someone to say that that is such a low blow especially like those in glass houses okay like unless you are casting stones jesus picture Uh, perfect uh. father which he's clearly not Mm -mm. like what? No, I agree. I think that is so hard to, that's another thing because that would hurt really bad. I mean, my brother and I, I was just telling a client recently, me and my brother like used to fight like cats and dogs because we're only one year apart. And my mom and dad were like, God, we didn't ever think y'all were gonna be friends. But as we got older, we like started hanging out with each other, being Which friends. Very, I think that's very typical it for is, siblings. But when you're yeah. in the moment and your parents are like, oh my God, y'all stop fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, y'all, we would get grounded and go to our rooms instead of saying we're sorry and give each other a hug to be released of any type of punishment. We're like, no, we'd go to bed. 
and, and go to our rooms. We didn't want to do it. We didn't want to say, I love you. We didn't want to, they would literally make us hug each other and say, I love you or get punished and grounded. And we would like, we're like, getting we'll punished take and the punishment every Thanks. time. And so I think too, like me knowing my brother, we've never been in a fight, like a big fight or anything like that. We're very lucky when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I can't imagine my brother telling me that. Like, I really can't. I think that would, yeah. that would hurt me because I'd be like, dang, that really sucks that you think that about me. Right. This is somebody <sighs> who's like your family, like you're supposed yeah. to feel the most loved and the most safe with your family members. Theoretically, and not judge. Right? like you don't ever want yeah. you, you feel like your family is your safe haven, whether it's your parents, your brother. That's why even the other ones that we've read mm-hmm. parents doing things or whatever that sucks. But I mean, like I said, Girl, you're, I am sure you are a great mom. And like I said, you already carry everybody. Every mom always carries so much guilt. The last thing you want is someone telling you that you're a bad mom when you already are probably feeling. There's been times that I've made decisions and I lay in bed at night. I swear to God, y'all shocker. I've cried. I'm like, oh my God. I just like literally want to go in there or I'll look at him on his camera and I just want to go in his room and like snuggle him. Maybe because it was a bad day parenting and I've had to pop his butt before bed. That really does weigh on you because when you're going to bed at night and you're thinking about things, you know, you're processing. I'm I'm spiraling usually at that point and I'm taking somebody with me. And so then I'm like, (laughs) uh, you don't want to feel like that. That's not fair, girl. You're an asshole for telling him to F off. No, and I think your mom needs to mind her business too. Well, I understand it because, yeah. like, as a parent, she doesn't want, yeah, totally. As a parent, you want yeah. your kids to get along, whatever. But I think it's also very fair to be like, Mom, mm-hmm. like, how would you That's feel what I was gonna say. if you know you were in my situation? Think about that. Like, yep. take yourself out of the mom role and. Uh, you know, I don't know if your mom has any siblings, but like have her yeah. try and see it from your perspective and be like, listen, I know you want us to work through it. I hope that we can mm-hmm. eventually, but I need you to just stay out of it yeah. and let us, let pro- us do we, it. We are adults. Mm-hmm. We will work through it ourselves in due time. Yeah. And yeah. and hopefully it's not something that's detrimental long-term. Like hopefully it was yeah. a heat of the moment thing and y'all can both like cool down, think about things, talk about it and maybe tell him like, listen, I'm very insecure about when I wasn't able to do stuff. Don't you think that bothers me that I wasn't able to physically care for my kid? That bothers me. So you telling me that really triggers something within me. If we're fighting, like you cannot hit below the bell. No. Like there are some cuts that will never heal and that is one of them. So. And just like Cheryl Crow said, the first cut is always the deepest. (laughs) Wasn't that Cheryl Crow? Sure was. First cut is the deepest. Baby, I know the first cut is the deepest. On that note, you can keep singing. No, I didn't know the rest of the words. Oh, I thought you were going to, I was going to sing and, and you said on that note. So oh, I, was I didn't just continue. Gonna, I was just going to fade us out. Oh, that was we, really nice. As we say. Okay, oh, try it again. Fir- okay. The first cut is the deepest. Baby, I know. Okay, guys. We'll see you next week. With more Am I the Assholes and whatever else we want to talk about. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Basically Famous, available on YouTube and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us some words of affirmation. And don't forget to call or text the hotline at 919-867-6776 for your chance to be basically famous. XOXO. Does it sound like like I'm whispering? That's because Spencer only faded me out (laughs) while she was talking. So that's why my voice sounds like this. That first cut (sighs) is deep.